So we, we didn't, uh, we needed to give her the opportunity. And man, what a blessing, what a blessing that was. I'm so thankful, so thankful. I say this every time, so thankful for students who step up and lead us in worship. We need that, we need that. Well, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them to Matthew chapter 6. If you want to go to Mark chapter 6 and hold your place, and then go to Matthew chapter 6, we're going to be hitting both of those chapters tonight. Again, I want to welcome you back. I am glad that you found your way here yet again on this Sunday, this Sunday evening. And I don't, I don't know if you keep track of things like this, but if you do, you know that it's been three weeks since we actually met here on a Sunday night. We had New Year's Day, of course, last week and Christmas the week before, uh, both of those falling on Sunday. And then it's then it's, it's actually been about six weeks. I actually had to go back and look at the calendar, but six weeks since I've actually preached on Sunday night with all the different Christmas programs that we enjoy during the month of December. So it is, it is good to be back in the saddle on Sunday night, and it's really good that you've chosen uh, to be here tonight. Now, if you can remember back <laughs> to that time, okay, or if you keep good sermon notes, you, you might remember that, that back when we were actually meeting and was preaching on Sunday nights, we were in a series, a sermon series, on the Lord's Prayer. And hopefully that, that right there is a clue that, that you, so you remember that. But, but we, were, uh, we were finishing up in this uh, prayer focus that we had last year, and I was preaching just sort of phrase by phrase through the Lord's Prayer, the example prayer that Jesus gives us, in, uh, in Matthew chapter 6, and, and, and we, were, we were taking this prayer phrase by phrase and thinking about what it means to pray in the way that Jesus tells us to pray there in uh, Matthew 6. And to guide us in our thinking, we were looking at other passages of Scripture that uh, sort of help us to understand what these phrases mean. You know, what does it mean to, to pray uh, to our Father in heaven? What does it mean when we pray uh, hallowed be your name. What does it mean when we pray, your kingdom come and, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? And, and so, so tonight, we're going we're gonna to pick up where we left off, okay? Because, I mean, come on, you, you, can't, you can't quit a series like this in the middle, right? And the reality is, there's still a lot that we have left to learn when it comes to praying in this way that Jesus uh, prescribed. And so, so the next part of the prayer that, that we're, uh, we're supposed to look at is this phrase, give us this day our daily bread. And man, this is, this is such an important thing to pray, because if we can learn what it means to pray in this way, if we can learn to, to pray, Lord, just give us what we need today, and if we can practice that, man, it will, it will help us to see life from a totally different perspective, and it will really help our relationships, the relationships that we have with God, come alive. Because where we often get tripped up, I talked about that this morning, in fact, it's, it's amazing, I, hadn't, I, didn't, I didn't work on these messages together, I, I did this completely separate, and uh, the Lord just kind of brought these two messages together uh, on the same day tonight, and as I was going over this message again this afternoon, I'm amazed at the similarity that it has uh, to this morning's message. And so it could be that some of y'all weren't listening this morning, and the Lord 
brought this back up again tonight. But, but really, uh, the, where we often get tripped up in our relationship with God is, is when we ask God to provide, when we ask God to give us our daily bread, but then it feels like He doesn't. And again, I wonder, if you've, have you ever been there? Maybe, maybe it was a financial need that you had, and it, and it just didn't feel like God came through when you needed Him to. Or maybe it was a, a relationship need, and you prayed, and you prayed, and you prayed, and it just never, it never seemed to make a difference. It never really felt like your prayers went even past the ceiling. You know, in your, in your mind, you know that God is faithful. You know that He He's a God who keeps his promises. You know that intellectually, but in the circumstances of your life, you're having trouble feeling that. You're having trouble seeing how he's faithful. You pray, you ask God to give us, to, to give you this day your daily bread, but man, it sure seems like bread is in short supply. So what's happening there? Well, Tonight I want us to consider three truths, three truths to remember when we ask God to give us this day our daily bread. And to do that, we're going to look at, at Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 44. And, and so what I want us to do together, and as we, as we do that, I want us to, uh, to start with the, we're going to start with the Lord's Prayer up to this point, and we're going to read Matthew uh, 6 verses 9 through 11, and then we're going to make our way over to Mark chapter 6, starting in verse 30. So that's how we're going to read this. Let's stand together as we do that. First, Matthew 6, verses 9 through 11. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily now, Mark chapter 6, starting in verse 30. We're told the apostles gathered together with Jesus and they reported to him all they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while, for there were many people coming and going and they did not even have time to eat. They went away in the boat to a secluded place by themselves. And the people saw them going and many recognized them and ran there on foot from all the cities and got there ahead of them. When Jesus went ashore, he saw a large crowd and he felt compassion for them. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it was already quite late, his disciples came to him and said, This place is desolate and it is already quite late. Send them away so that they may go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he, that's Jesus, answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and, and spend 200 denarii on bread and, and give them something to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go look. And when they found out, they said, five and two fish. And he commanded them all to sit down by groups on the green grass. And they sat down in groups of hundreds and of fifties. And he, he took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up toward heaven, he 
blessed the food and broke the loaves, and he kept giving them to disciples to set before them, and he divided up the two fish among them all, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they picked up twelve full baskets of the broken pieces and also of the fish. And there were 5,000 men who ate the loaves. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this picture, this picture that we see in this passage of you meeting needs. And thank you, Lord, that we can be confident that you are God who meets our needs in your own time and in your own way. Help us, Lord. Again, through your word tonight, strengthen us as your people to trust you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. All right, so again, three things that we need to remember when we ask the Lord to give us this day our daily bread. First, we need to remember that God's timing may be different from ours. God's timing may be different from ours. As we ask God, as we trust God to give us what we need today. Again, we're talking about daily bread here, not, not month-long bread, not bread that will last us for another year. We're talking about what we need today. But as we do that, we need to remember God's timing may be different from ours. His timing was certainly different from what the disciples had in mind in Mark chapter 6. You've got to get the picture here. The disciples and Jesus, they're, they're on their way to get away. Okay? They're trying to retreat. They're looking for you know, some seclusion. They're looking for some quiet. They're looking for some rest. Why? Because they are exhausted. They've been battling crowds for for some time now, the more people Jesus healed, the more people that would clamor for his attention. There were people after him, crowds pressing in on them over and over and over again. And so the image that Mark, Mark gives us, really in this part of the Bible, is the image that we see on television of the, uh, the paparazzi, you know, following uh, somebody like Brad Pitt or, you know, uh, some other famous actor or actress. You know, you know how they do? You know, you see them, the, they, they push and they clamor just to, to get a look, just to get a photograph. That's how it was here, except the people of Jesus' day, they weren't looking for a photo op. They were looking for healing. And again, this was day after day for Jesus. He was, he was the new sensation in Palestine, and, and it was exhausting. And not just exhausting for him, but it was also exhausting for those he was close to, his disciples. These guys needed to rest, and Jesus knew that. And that's why he tells them, there in verse 31, he says, let's get out of here. But it didn't work out like they planned. And before they could, take, uh, before they could get to the other side of the lake by boat, the crowds from the cities and towns, they literally, they ran around the lake. They ran around to the other side, and they beat them there. It's sort of like when, you know, you, you put in a, a long day's work, and you guys, you're just, you're just flat out exhausted. You're driving home, and the three things on your mind are recliner, 
television, <laughs> quiet meal at home, right? You know what I mean? All you want to do, you want to, you just want to sit in the recliner, you want to turn on the TV, and you just, you want to, you want to have dinner with the family, you just want to go to bed. But then as soon as you get home, you're greeted at the door with, honey, my parents are coming over tonight, and I don't have enough food, can you run to the grocery store for me? You know what I mean? Her timing, right, was different from yours. Sometimes God's timing is different from ours. It just is. Especially when it comes to the, the mission, the mission in life that he has given each one of us. Most people, most of us have a tendency. I know if you're like me, I have a tendency to get into a routine. If Jennifer was in here, she'd be laughing out loud. I like a routine. And when my routine gets messed up because I'm absent-minded and because I forget things, I kind of have to have a routine. And so when my routine gets rocked, I, my whole existence gets rocked, okay? But we, we're like that. We like our schedules. We like our, our meals at certain times. We like to, to get up at certain times. We like to get home from work at certain times. Some people go so far as to prefer certain meals on certain days. I'm not quite that bad, but or certain restaurants on certain nights. Some of you are like that. But, but the fact is, we all tend to get into a routine. And there's certainly nothing wrong with that. Rhythms to life are, are good. There's nothing wrong with a routine, except when God wants to change it. And we resist. Because the reality is, sometimes God's timing is different from ours. I know of, of married couples literally months away from retirement you know, with, a, with a full pension when both of them begin to sense God calling them to, to mission work immediately. I know of, of graduates who've spent years, college graduates who've spent years preparing for a career in a particular field. Maybe it was law, or maybe it was medicine, or maybe it was business. When they begin to sense the Spirit of God leading them into ministry. There may have been moments in your own life when you were, you were out on just some, some random errand, just looking to be alone, when the Spirit of God touched you on the shoulder and prompted you and said, speak to that person. Share with that person. Have a conversation with that person. Tonight, there may be someone here who, you know, you, you got out the door and, and, and you came here just simply because someone invited you, or maybe it, just because of, of what, you de what you do on a, on a Sunday night, but, but now maybe your pulse is racing and your hands are sweaty because suddenly you have the sense that God is speaking to you. He's calling you to something. He's asking you, how many loaves do you have? What do you have to offer me? God's timing may be different from yours. But in the end, his timing, as we talked about this morning, his timing is all that matters. Second truth to remember when we pray. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread. We need to remember not only is God's timing different from ours, but, but God's plans may be different from ours. His plans may be different. 
So Jesus cancels their break, right? And he, he starts preaching to the paparazzi, okay? And when he does that, I can imagine that the disciples, maybe they were a little irritated. Mark doesn't tell us anything about it. If they were, um, they were probably used to his unpredictability. And instead, they, they, they sit, just sit by while he teaches. But as it gets late, they approach him. I can kind of picture him, you know, arguing. No, listen, you tell him. No, no, you tell him. Finally, one of his disciples approaches and says, Jesus, it's, it's getting kind of late, you know, and the crowds, they, they've got to be famished. So what do you say we, what do you say we send them on their way and, and just let them get something to eat, right? I'm sure there was no self-interest involved there, right? But then Jesus says something they didn't expect. He says, you feed them. And the emphasis there is not on feed, it's not on them, it's on you. You feed them. That was not in the disciples' plan. Again, there were at least 5,000 people there. 5,000 men, we're told, were there. Probably closer to 10,000, maybe even more. It'd be like somebody calling you, okay? Just you. And asking you to cater an event after the Grizzlies game at the forum for the entire forum, okay? I mean, that's, that's the idea there. And so we can understand the disciples' reaction. I mean, they, they kind of, they freaked out a little bit, all right? Uh, one of them says, well, what do you want us to do? Take a couple of years' wages and go buy food? But that wasn't the plan. They weren't thinking like Jesus was thinking, or or more accurately, Jesus wasn't thinking like they were thinking, or, or like we usually think. Sometimes God's plans are different from ours. Sometimes he supplies our daily bread in ways that that we just don't expect. Our God is infinitely more intelligent than we are, and he works things out in ways that we cannot possibly comprehend. He uses things like inconvenience and sickness and, and sometimes even death to teach us about himself. So when your plans are altered, either, either by him or, 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 or by the circumstances of your life, Ask yourself, what is God trying to show me through this? Because when he asks you, when he says, you feed them, when he asks you, how many loaves do you have? What do you have to offer me? I can almost guarantee you, he's not going to use it like you expect him to. Because again, his plans are different from ours. So remember that when you pray. When you ask for daily bread, daily bread to him may look different from the way you think about daily bread. But God's timing may be different from ours. God's plans may be different from ours. And then third, we can know that God's provision will always be better than ours. His provision will always be better than ours. John tells us in his gospel that the reason Jesus arranged this whole scenario and his account of the feeding of the 5,000, he says the reason Jesus did this whole thing was to test them 
And, and I think it's safe to assume that when God's timing is different and when God's plans are different, more than likely God is testing us. And the question we have to ask is, okay, well, how are we going to handle the test? Uh, for the record, the disciples didn't do so well. The first thing they did was dismiss it as impossible. They said, listen, Jesus, send these people away so they can get something to eat. And, and now, of course, we think that we'd be better than those guys, right? Uh, we, we read this, and secretly, you know, we're kind of thinking, well, Lord, why did you put up with these knuckleheads? I mean, surely I'd be more faithful, you know, than that. But the reality is we wouldn't. You know how I know? Because we do the exact same thing when we, when we say to ourselves, you know what, you know what, there's, there's no way anything good could ever come out of this situation. When we say things like that, when we, when we do that, we're operating from the strength of our own vision rather than the strength of God's vision. We operate from our limited perspective rather than God's eternal, His infinite perspective. Now it's true, we may not see how a bad situation can, can turn into a good situation, but, but the fact is our God is a God of the resurrection. What could be worse than death? God turned that around. If God can turn that around to something that would bring redemption to the world, surely he can turn around your situation. Next, the disciples tried to solve the problem with human strength. They said, again, what are we supposed to do? Go uh, into the city and spend all the money that we have and again we do the same thing when when we arrogantly persist in thinking that we have the physical resources to handle the junk that life throws at us that's why god allows us to be tested to to see where our trust lies are we trusting in our own strength are we are we trusting in our own ways or are we trusting in him I've been learning this lately in the personal time I spend with the Lord. I'm, I'm reading through the Old Testament, and right now I'm in First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles. That that part of the Bible, books that well chronicle the the history of Israel and Judah. And if you if you've read through those books, you know that there's a pattern there. There are there are good kings and there are bad kings. And there's one characteristic that really separates the good kings from uh, the bad kings, the good leaders from the bad leaders. And, and guess what that is? It's their dependency on the Lord. And the fact is, we're no different from those kings. As you grow in your relationship with the Lord, a big part of your prayer life should be consumed with asking the Lord to help you to to give you strength to live your life, to do whatever it is that he calls you to do. Disciple whoever it is that he calls you to disciple, not in your own strength, but in his. The Lord's really shown me this to the point that I've even kind of changed the way that I give the blessing. For a while I was praying, Lord, help us to to use the strength that this food gives us to bring honor and glory to your name. I don't pray that anymore. Now I try to pray, 
Lord, help me not to depend on the strength that this food gives us. Help me to depend on your strength and your strength alone. Because reality is the Lord doesn't need anything of this earth to accomplish his will and to, to give me the strength to live out his work. He is enough. And if we'll begin to pray that way, we'll be amazed at the opportunities that the Lord gives us to glorify his name. Fortunately, after the disciples dismissed the problem as impossible, and after they they tried to solve it with their own strength, finally they did. They did manage to give it over to Jesus. And of course, as we see here, that, that proved to be more than enough, amply more than enough. And the reason is simple. God's provision is always better than ours. I mean, it's amazing. You know, they fed this crowd, this over 5,000, and they collected the leftovers. And again, we've talked about the self-interest that was there on the disciples. They were, they were trying to get Jesus to send the crowd away, so really probably they could get something to eat. They were hungry. They were tired. But did you notice how many baskets of leftovers there were collected? Twelve, right? How many disciples were there? Twelve, right? Our God has a way of meeting our needs, of giving us our daily bread when we put our agenda and we lay it aside and we pick up His. We can try to figure out life on our own. We can try to struggle and save and, and solve all of our own problems and and in our struggle, and in our saving, and in our solving, we might actually manage to do okay. But what we manage to accomplish will be nothing compared to what God could accomplish. If we'll just give ourselves over to Him, if, if we just trust Him to give us what we need in His way, and in His time, according to His Give us this day our daily bread. How many loaves do you have? That's the question that God has for you tonight. You may think that, that what you have is ridiculously insufficient, but the fact is God's not concerned about quantity. God is concerned about availability. Are you available to be used by God? You're thinking, well, what do you mean, Fred? Well, there, there are a lot of ways to be used by God. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, He wants to use you in your day-to-day -day life as it is right now. I don't know what, what you do with your time during the day. I don't know how specifically God wants to do that, but I can tell you broadly what God wants to do through you. He wants you to love God through corporate worship and private devotion. He wants you to love others through accountability to believers and ministry to everybody. And He wants you to make disciples who make disciples. Disciples who are guided by the Bible, empowered by prayer, and engaged in community. That's what He wants all of us to do. He wants you to, to take new believers under your wing and to teach new believers, how to read the Bible, how to get connected to other Christians, and how to lead others to faith in Jesus Christ. 
again, what that looks like specifically for you, who it is that he wants you to talk to, who it is that he wants you to share with, what that looks like, that's between you and the Holy Spirit. Maybe God wants you to be an encouragement to someone you work with. Maybe he wants you to to share the gospel with somebody that you live with. Maybe there's a specific person on your mind right now that you know God wants you to, to start an accountable relationship with. Only you know what that calling is, but if you're a follower of Jesus, you can know that he wants to use you right here, right now, just as you are. That's why he gives you the bread that he gives you. Some of you, though, he may be extending a different kind of calling. Maybe you've sensed that that God is is leading you to to give your life to him in a a special way, a unique way. Maybe he's calling you uh, to be a pastor or a youth minister or a career missionary. Maybe he's not calling you to a a different job, but you sense that he's calling you to serve his his church as a teacher or another leader. Listen, I, I don't know what God's calling is on your life, but I do know that sometimes his timing is not our timing, and sometimes his plan is not our plan. And I know that his provision for whoever chooses to follow his plan is always always better than our provision for ourselves. Friend, if you're here and you've never given your heart and your life over to Jesus Christ, it may not seem to you that tonight is the right time to get that straight. It may not have been in your plans to do that tonight. But I can assure you, if you don't know Jesus Christ, it is absolutely in his timing. It is absolutely in his plan for you to receive him today. He wants that for you. So here in a moment, we're going to have a time of invitation. And if there's a decision that you need to make for Jesus Christ, now's the time to do that. If you need to be saved, man, come. I would love to talk to you about what that means. If there's another decision of faith that you need to make, man, come. Get that right with God. Answer that call. Whatever that call is, be obedient and trust Him to give you what you need.